Welcome to another episode of Marketing 101 for Chiropractors, where we keep you ahead of the curve, attracting more new patients and growing your business. Now, here's your host, Dr. D himself. Hey everyone, welcome to another podcast of Marketing 101 for chiropractors. I got a fun guest with us this week, fellow chiropractor and good friend, Dr. Julie Bronze from Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, not only is she a chiropractor, she helps enlighten other service providers on how to run a clarity-based practice and get you off the ground running right off the bat. So thanks for being here. Thank you. Uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. What got you into chiropractic? What got you into this? We want to know a little bit about you. So uh, I actually grew up in Denmark, and uh, I, my, uh, some of my earliest memories are um, of my, I have a, two older brothers, and interestingly, they were both born breech, um, and uh, my, the middle one of us had some pretty significant health issues, and um, he had uh, serious uh, ear infections, and he was born with tartacollis, and um, had eczema. So I remember this kid that was really struggling from when I was very young. And um, it set my mom on a journey to try to find answers for how to get him help. Now, she didn't find chiropractic at that time. Uh, but what she did find was that, you know, the foods that we eat make a huge difference. The things that we put in our laundry makes a huge difference. So we were like the early adopters of uh no bleach, no, you know, all of those things. And we ate salads and, and uh, no nitrites and no coloring and, you know, all of those things. And, and it kind of set me on this journey of trying, I, I just, it was inherent in me, I guess. And then when, when I was about 12, probably, my mom got acute low back pain, like couldn't move. And uh, she called, it was in the summer and she called her medical doctor who was on vacation, uh, who referred her then to the covering doc who referred her to the next covering doc who said, Oh, you don't need me. You need a chiropractor. And my, I was like, I didn't know anything about chiropractic, but my warning signals went off. I'm like, who are these people? What's wrong? You know, what's going on? So I went and it was one of those, um, that we sometimes see, you know, it was a miraculous thing. She could barely walk going in and she walked out like 85% better. And it set us on a trajectory as a family to, uh, go to chiropractors and, uh, I've never looked back. So uh, I knew right away that this was a cool field and, and it was very intriguing to me. Uh, and then I found out that I had to go to uh, move countries because I grew up in Denmark. And that time there was uh, not a school in Denmark to become a chiropractor. So I found out I could come over here. And so I've been, I came over in uh, 86, I was 19. And then um, about, I'd been here about a year and I met uh, my husband, my now husband. And uh, so we've been in practice together for what, like 32, 33 years, something like that. So we've, we've done a lot. Yeah. That's great. That's amazing. And, and then you guys have a, a wonderful practice up there in Traverse City sure and do. you've been doing that for a long time. And then now you're like, well, you know what? I know a thing or two. And you're helping service providers, not just chiropractors, but service providers right. gain clarity. And, and that's kind of like your niche about how you're consulting people, which I think is super important and great because not every consultant is the same. Not every coach is the same. And clarity is such, is such a big part of it, both the mental clarity for yourself as a CEO and provider right. versus uh, the team that you work with as well. So 
Um, tell us a little bit, you know, how do you service around a team to, to be clear on everything that they need to be on? Yeah, so we we learned the hard way um, because we have practiced without a team. We've practiced with too big of a team. And right now we have uh, a perfect team in our, which means that we're due for a change. <laughs> but, mm. uh, but what we found uh, is when you're in practice, you get so busy doing that you forget to actually pay attention to where are the spaces that we're losing efficiency? Where are the spaces that we can do better? Where are the things where we have too much overlap and we end up with wasted time? So really sitting down and looking at, first of all, well, what are all the facets of your practice or your business? Um, you know, there's the, the easy pickings as well, obviously for a chiropractic office, it's the front, you know, where people come in. It's the, um, whether you use billing or you're all cash, but you have to enter, uh, uh, costs into, you know, it's all the computer work that all the behind the scenes with with caring for people, notes, all of those types of things. It's social media, which of course, now, as you well know, because that's your, uh, your sweet spot is that gets out, it's a whole nother job. Um, it's um, keeping your space organized, keeping your space clean, processing new people. It's all of those different things. So really taking time and finding out, um, and I, my, our coach, Lacey Book, this was one of the earliest things that she had us do was everybody on the team took two weeks where we wrote down every single thing that we did. And it's, uh, it reminded me a little bit of doing a food log when I was pregnant. I hated it because it was like so minutia, but it gives you very good insight and clarity as to, well, where am I actually spending my time? And um, so I think that's one of the ways to do it is and have your team do it, you know, um, at, at least once a year, because as your business changes and grows, you will have new things that come in, some things that become obsolete. And if you're still doing them, um, you're spending time that can be better spent elsewhere. So once you get a, clar a clarity on where is my time going, you can then say, OK, well, who is best served to actually take care of that? And I can say for me personally, it's a hard thing because that means that sometimes the things that I have been holding on to and doing, I have to let go of and let the team members that actually are really skilled in that space do it and run with it. Um, it's easy for me to just take it back because I'm a little bit of a control freak when, with things. I want things to be done right. Um, but letting it go and, and really letting the people that we have on our team do the, do the work that they're uniquely suited to. And I think part of that is also when you're hiring people, hire people that you can work with. Don't hire them necessarily for a specific job because uh, if you have a small business you're going to have times where people have to fill in and you have to cross coach people or cross train people um, but really helping um, figuring out what is it where where does this person where does their heart really sing where do they really fit in and then letting them take ownership of that and letting them grow with that now if you're a solopreneur or you know, like I said, for a, a while, it was just my husband and I finding out what are the things, uh, you know, if you are doing, trying to do it all, figure out 
how do you compartmentalize so that you're not jumping from one one task to the other that you really that that you set aside dedicated time to outreach to the community dedicated time to processing new clients whatever it is that you find that you're doing in your office because um i don't know if um you you probably have heard this term before that the task shifting penalty um i can unless i really watch what i'm doing i am I very easily get in, oh, you know, this person needs an answer to this, but now I'm over here doing that over here. And you become very inefficient with your time. And if, especially if you just are a one or a two person team, you really can't afford to be inefficient with your time. Right. I mean, uh, in, internal problems become external problems very quickly. I love what you right. said about writing everything down and how tedious it was. It's so important to do this because it ends up becoming your systems and procedures manual. Exactly. exactly. Many, many doctors don't even have this. They right. think their little HIPAA thing is their manual. That's not, that's not your manual. No. Um, you got to write everything down and what you do and you, and you realize how much each and every one in your team actually does. Uh, the exactly. first time we did it with our team, they didn't write down much. I was like, right. I was like, you guys do way more than this. Right. And yeah. they're like, well, yeah, we didn't know how detailed you wanted. I'm like detailed. Exactly. Aside going to the yeah. bathroom, we need to know everything you do. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, it ends up becoming, and I like what you said, once a year going through it again, because you need to, yeah. to update it or change it a little bit as you grow and things change. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And the other part of that, then bec it becomes your training manual. So then you can start creating looms or, or written documents, however you do it in, in, in your business, but you can create this so that when you bring on a new team member or a team member leaves, you don't have to sit with these people. You can say, okay, I want you to watch these three teaching looms and then we'll work through it. You can observe. And then, so you have a process for onboarding somebody that does not require you standing next to them and showing them how to do everything. They can, there's videos or written material with step-by-step -step on you know, how you do it. And for us, it comes right down to, well, what are the words that we use? Like people that come into our office are not patients, they're clients. And we don't ask, how are you? We, you know, ask them, you know, what did you do today? Or what's new in your life? Or did you learn something today? Whatever, whatever it is, but we don't ask people, how are you? Uh, because it's sort of a dead end question, either that or people will start spewing all sorts of things. On right. <laughs> and that's why when you write these things down, you have a, I like what you said, training manual, not only exactly. procedures and systems, it becomes a training manual that you cycle through every single week with your staff exactly. meeting. Yeah. You, you dedicate 15 minutes to go back and review step-by-step step through the training right. manual. Right. And yours might take 12 weeks to go through. Another clinic might take 25 right. weeks to go through, exactly. but it doesn't matter. You just keep cycling and you always stay on point. And you realize as time goes by, the second time you get to it, like, oh man, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, We don't say, how are you anymore? We say this, or we don't call them uh, patients anymore. We call them practice members. Uh, and that you got to train that. Otherwise you can't break old habits. So right. there's so many good things that happen when you just document, document, document and review. Exactly. And conversely, I would also say that sometimes you're like, okay, we're going to start doing whatever it is, this thing. And you do it for two or three weeks and then you fall back into your old habit. And then when you review it, you're like, oh, we were supposed to be doing it this way instead because we found that it worked better. Um and it's, you know, it's a work in progress. And I think also that's where uh, who you have on your team 
becomes important because they can give valuable input as to that, you know, it's, I love it when my team comes to me and say, Hey, you know what? I don't understand why we're doing it this way. This way seems more efficient. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes I have to say, well, the reason why we're doing this extra step in here is because of X, Y, Z, but it becomes, if you have a good team, they will help you build a, a systems and, and processes that works well for your business. Agreed. Agreed a hundred percent. So yeah, that, and that, and that plays such a great role. If you're newer or thinking about getting started into opening up your practice or getting off the ground running, what are, what are some examples or some top tips that you have for people that are just maybe beginning in, in starting a practice? So, you know, I think back sometimes on, on the one class that we had, we grabbed my husband, I graduated from Palmer in Iowa. And I'm like, I, that literally taught us zero about how to open a practice, you know, and, but, you know, here we were. And um, so I think a couple, there's a couple of things that, that are worthwhile thinking about. First of all is, do I want to associate with another doc? Or do I want to go right out and open my own practice? There is value and difficulties with both. Um, I was fortunate. I associated with a fantastic doc up in, um, we actually moved to um, uh, Washington State. And, and I associated with a guy called Dr. Gary Baldwin. He was fantastic. He taught, he taught me so many things. I am eternally grateful to him. Um, my husband, on the other hand, uh, associated with somebody that uh, was not, we, we learned a lot about how not to do things, but we learned. Um, so sometimes you might end up in a situation where you're with a doc there where you're like, yeah, I, this is just not a good fit for me. Um, but still pick up things and still learn. If you're going to go out on your own, I think one of the biggest keys is we, we you know, you come out of school and you have a tremendous amount of knowledge. You just don't have a lot of practical experience. Um, some people might have been in a, in another business or service industry before, uh, but taking care of, to, you know, if you're in chiropractic, in the chiropractic space, or really any space that you go into, if you're going to be working with people and bringing them into your, um, into your office, one of the best things that I think you can do is before you even start there, say, you know, at least a month, if not two or three months, I think three months is a pretty good time span. Start building a community there, start getting engaged. You know, if you know where you want to open your space, or at least the neighborhood, start going, meeting the people that live there, start meeting the other business owners, invite people out to lunch, uh, say, hey, can we meet for coffee? And, and just get to know them, not and then, you, you know, you can say, hey, I'm moving here. I'm starting a new uh, office, but I really want to learn about what you do. So so you you get to know them and get to know what makes them tick and what makes them excited. So when you get there, you you already can feed into I, I don't know if ego is the right way, but feed into whatever it is that makes them feel special. So they don't feel sold. It's like if I you know, again, it was like one of the things that, you know, we were so, oh, you go and give your business cards and say, hey, I'm, I'm the chiropractor down the street. Come see me. They don't know me from anybody. You know, why would they want to come see me? Maybe they have a cousin that's a chiropractor or their best friend. Um, but by building the relationship and really getting to know the people ahead of time, you can create a community and you can create partners that you can collaborate with. So 
you know, we see a lot of children in our practice. So getting to know uh, pediatricians or kids yoga places, getting to know the midwives, um, the birth providers, doulas, all of those kinds of people are important, but also getting to know the coffee shops because everybody likes to go get a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you drink. Uh, but get to know them, get to find places where you, where they come to know you as the person that brings people to their space. Uh, because if they know that that you you support them, they in turn, as they get to, to trust you, will support you also. 100%. My, my own testimony with this, you know, five years ago when I had to restart from scratch again. <laughs> um, my first coach, I, I didn't realize I needed a coach until – we, I, we graduated from Palmer as well. I met my wife there as well from Michigan and um, went back to Canada. When we started our practice, we bought it from a retiring doctor mm-hmm. thinking we, you know, we knew it all. Uh, didn't know he had such a huge Chinese population in there. So right when we took over, my Mandarin sucks. Uh, so then boom, practice tanks quite quickly and you learn the hard way. I need, we needed a coach pretty quick. And the first thing he told us is, um, you got to create some type of emotional connection with everybody and have some type of systems and procedures that is so transparent that the entire community knows what you do, like from, from a system and procedure. And I felt like, Oh, that's genius. I I got it. It took me like seven years to figure that (laughs) out and get it into place, to be honest with you. So for us there, but having that knowledge, doing it again as a startup five years ago here in Florida uh, was so much easier because of that. So I did exactly what you said before the doors, they were constructing the office. So I, there was four months where we were just constructing. And during those four months, I was out there meeting everybody, the doulas, the midwives, the birth centers, the coffee shops, the everything, the yoga studios, just getting out there meeting and starting to do workshops. Because one of the connections I made was a pizza, a pizzeria, uh, a guy just like us in startup mode was opening up his brand new pizza shop. I'm like, Hey, can I do talks here? I'm more than happy to rent the space. He's like, no rent, come in because we're just brand new. Yeah. Do your workshops for free. Just buy some pizzas. I'm like, oh, dude, that's amazing. Thank you. And we did like our first three workshops before we even opened the door and had 127 new patients booked on day that's one. I, I didn't see them yeah. on day one. They were no. pre-booked over yeah. the next three weeks. And then 21 days into practice, we were in the black. That's so fantastic. Yeah. I mean, just by doing these, so people say, how'd you do it like that? It's not that easy, but it kind of is. If you follow the systems and procedures that you already know. Yes. And I, I think, but I also think one other thing that's worth noting is that you can't, you can't fall asleep then you have to continue to feed into your community. It's not like, Oh yeah, I made these, you know, now they all know me. Now I'm not going to nurture them. No, you have to continue to nurture the people yeah, don't disappear. Yeah. Right. And you don't have disappear. to, you know, and I think that that's one of the things like with what you, what you do, creating that presence online, making sure that people uh, continue to see the, see you in their feed, continue to see what are you doing? Continue. To, you know, it's actually kind of funny story. I just got, uh, um, we do uh, monthly events at our office. And one of the things that we do quarterly is something called sip and snack. The, we do monthly women's event, but every quarter it's called a sip and snack. And I actually just got an email from a chiropractor or from a, a woman that used to live here, came to a sip and snack in our office. She has now helped a chiropractor launch an office in, in Grand Rapids, which is like two and a half hours south of us. And she's like, we need help. How do you do this? How do you, you know, so she's like, can, can we talk? Can we meet? Can we, you know, how do we create this? And I'm like, 
you know, I'm glad that you reached out because it it really it seems like uh, once you know how to do it, it almost seems like, well, why isn't everybody doing it? But it's such a different um, it's a different mindset because I think most most uh, organizations come from a we're getting together to sell ourselves. Right. And that's not none of the well, we do some sales events, but most of the things that we do are let's build a community so that people get to know us as humans. And once they get to know us as humans, hopefully they'll say, that's a nice person. I want to do business with that person. Um, yes. So creating that community connection. Absolutely. If Julie and I were to write a book right now and all the systems and procedures to launch a business, it would be, I think, mostly useless, of a waste of our time and useless to you, the reader, because it's such a unique thing when you start your business. There is no one book you can write. So when right. people are like, oh, I don't need a coach or I don't need a consultant, the answer is, you. Oh, I've been coached for 16 continuous years from yes. different groups and personal one-on-ones outside the profession, inside the profession. Because once you let go of the consulting or the coaching or the or the you know, I was going to say sportsmanship, but camaraderie of having somebody helping you all the time. It's the only way to really move forward when it comes to any type of business, all business. And I've realized that as you get into this and you look at all the other businesses around you that are successful, uh, dentists, uh, outside the healthcare profession, inside the, they all have a consulting type of either firm group or person that they're always using to keep them moving ahead of the curve. For us, you know, it was 20, 2018 when we opened and then less than two years later, COVID hit. So I was like, man, I am, I am 16 months into practice. We're definitely going to end up bankrupt. We're going to close for sure. Uh, because we didn't know those first couple of weeks what was going to happen. But what ended up happening is they took, they gave me my time back. Right. Because patients were not calling. So what did I do? The crazy guy with no mask going out there to the businesses, rekindling those relationships I did 16 yeah. months ago. And we, when, when they said go, we took off like, like nothing before it's just, we tripled our practice. So these little things, so don't wait till the next pandemic. What I'm telling That's you it. is get, <laughs> get back out there and rekindle these relationships. Just it's all it takes is a shake of the hand or getting to know these people around you, their favorite coffee drink or their favorite yeah. tea goes a long way when you come in on a random day and surprise them with their favorite tea or chai latte or whatever it is. And you bring it in, uh, you, you kind of make their day, even if it's the front desk staff, even if they're mm-hmm. not reachable, you know how it is to reach you. It's, it's impossible. Yeah. So even getting to their front desk staff, these are, these are invaluable, intangible things that keep you connected to your community. You're brick and mortar. Don't forget that. So when you compare yourself to Target, to Walmart, to Amazon, mm-hmm. it's not the same game. It's a completely different game. Uh, Jeff Bezos does not have to do daily videos to promote Amazon. He no, he doesn't. He does he not does. have to do that. But in, yeah. in to your point on the coaching, we've done it with coaching. We've done worked without coaching. Life is always better when you have a coach. It is. It is. It's just, it's so, you know. You're, Coming you're, from us, yeah, is. I mean the the your your need the needs from your coach or what you need from your coach might change. You you know it's it, you you don't necessarily have to stay with the same coach all the time. I actually that's probably not even recommendable in my in my opinion because as you grow your needs change and you might have a specific, so you might have a couple coaches. You know sometimes you have a specific need and somebody really fills that specific need. And then, you know, you have another coach for something else. But um, I, yeah, I would, like I said, we've been in practice for a long time and we've tried with coaching and we've tried without coaching and with coaching is always better. For sure. Thanks, Julie. Anything else you want to, 
Any ask, last tips? No, just, you know, ask, ask questions. Don't, don't be shy. Uh, connect with uh, either Enrico or me if you have questions uh, about business. If you are looking for a coach, we can, if it's not one of us, we can certainly direct you to people. We know a lot of people that are in the coaching space and we can certainly help you find somebody that would fit your, your need. Right, exactly. Like if you came up to me and you're like, I'm opening up my practice next week, I would not accept you as a new pra- as a new client. I'd be like, hey, guess what? I got a great person. She's up in Traverse City. Give her a call. She's the one you want to talk to for this. Uh, because that's just not my ne- not my niche mm-hmm. for sure. And and by knowing that, it's really important to, to know that as well. Yeah. Great stuff. This is great stuff. Great tips. Get that stuff documented and create a systems and procedure manual. I don't care if you've been in practice for six months or 26 years do it because this stuff becomes intangible later when you want to sell your practice, get a exactly. new client, get new, you get new, uh, sorry, staff members in your, in your practice. Mm-hmm. There's something documented for them to follow along for their first three months of training. Uh, that's why it becomes so, so tough. The, the, there is no glory in the grind, right? No, <laughs> it's no fun. <laughs> it's no fun. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be a grind. You can just uh, create small systems and procedures that help you in the long way. Great podcast. Okay. Thank you, Do- Dr. Julia. This was great. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great day. Of course. Yeah, you too. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave a rating. It helps get our podcast out to more listeners. Also, join Marketing 101 for Chiropractors on Facebook or visit us at EnricoD.com for more information on growing and scaling your business.